This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. Here we are in this season that we are in. I'm thanking God that we are yet in the Living Truth series of our sermon and teaching series. Uh, This is part four. We've been through all of those parts. And this is part four, the pursuit of heaven's purpose. And uh, we thank God this is going to be helping us to understand that we are everyday people, but we do have to yet be supernatural. Amen. Amen. So, yes, God wants us to, amen, uh, depend on the Holy Spirit. Thank God. We thank God for the books of Malachi, the end of the New Testament, right before you get to Matthew. If you, if you hit Matthew, make a U-turn, go back, and find Malachi. Amen. And uh, we also want to be in the New Testament, just past Matthew and go to Mark. Amen, amen. So we want you to mark those places, no pun intended, amen. But we're going to be in those two books. We don't want to be before you too long, but this is a church that has a pastor who has a gifting of prophetic teaching. I asked the Lord one day when I was about to, amen, launch over the threshold of adulthood. I said, Lord, I've seen things in this earth, and, and uh, I know for certain that one day you would want me to be a father. Amen. Because I know God didn't make me no eunuch. Amen. That's another message. <laughs> so I said, help me to be a good parent. So he said, you're going to be a, a teacher in the schoolhouse. I said, wait, I don't think you listen. I said, I want to be a good parent. <laughs> but God heard me. It made me go through school, amen, and being a teacher, you got to take a lot of psychology. So I had to be well-versed in both. I had double major, psychology and uh, education, graduated with honors from the College of New Rochelle, amen, and I had to tie a lot of strings up to get there because I had slowed down my college. You know, sometimes in life we have to do such things. I was contemplating. I felt like, you ever seen the movie Rocky? And he was down and seemed like he didn't want to box. He couldn't win. And Adrian was there. So, amen. You need an anointed woman by you. Lisa's my Adrian. I said, I don't know. Maybe I should just forget about college. You know, just, just go ahead and keep my, my, my um, credit analyst job. You know, I was making okay, but not as much as I could make. And she's like, you know what? You're so intelligent. You've gone so far. Why should you quit now? She was just gassing me up in the Holy Ghost. But it's all right. I felt like getting up, going in there, fighting Mr. T. Amen. Fighting the Russian. Whoever they threw at Rocky. Amen. (laughs) They might have got him one time, but he came back strong the next time. (laughs) Thank God. I had to be the black Italian stallion. I went on in there and did what God told me to do. Amen. So I came out. Amen. Ended up having a a Bachelor of Theology. So two bachelors. Amen. Thank God. She really talked to me. Ended up having two masters. Amen. Thank God. She really talked to me. Hallelujah. (laughs) Thank God. Thank God. That was a good talk. Amen. (laughs) <laughs> she's like not my man you gonna get in there <laughs> so thank god women you count your words are important women aren't the only ones that rock the cradle but most of them do so the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world hallelujah i love my women man and i don't mean that in the wrong way 
We got the amen. Build them up in the most holy faith, not mash them down. Get rid of these stained glass windows in the house of God and let the Holy Ghost build them up. Some, God calls some to be preachers. And we can't be stopping the Holy Ghost work. Amen. We can't give them a cute little name and let them do a little something, something. Get my tea. You all right. Fix the dinner. Get my slippers. Put them just right. No, lose here. Women could do way more than that. And if you read the Bible right, you'll know that Adam and Eve were helping to do things in the beginning. There are parents in the beginning. Amen. And yes, they messed up some things. Amen. And we got to go through all this here. But when we get to heaven, we're going to be able to have grace because we're going to look back and wonder how we got over. So we're not going to have too much to say to Adam and Eve. Where Adam and Eve's crib? Let me go there. Um, what were you thinking, Adam? Seriously, bro. We're not going to be able to say any of that. It's going to be different. But I thank God for this message where we're here on earth, but God is getting us ready. Amen. We can't throw in the towel. We can't give up. We can't give in. God has something for us to do. Amen. And uh, we, sh- we, we see in the Bible how Jesus was to come. But a way had to be prepared. And guess who prepared it? Himself. God has to come in other forms, prepare the way, blaze a trail, go down that trail, help us to come back on that trail and go to heaven with him to the Father. Isn't that great? Let's look in Malachi 3.1 where it says, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. God means what he says and he will do what he said. Amen. It looks like it's like on a pause right quick, you know, for a minute. And it looks like we're not going to make it. But you hold on. God never lies. He can't lie. He can't die. And he can't fail. Amen. Yeah, the devil tries to say, it's stuff God can't do. I said, it's true. He can't lie, die, or fail. Hallelujah. Anyhow. So I thank God for Malachi. Look at the New Testament, the bridge going into the New Testament now. Everything God said, scaffolded and built up from the Old Testament now, the New Testament, a better covenant. Why? Because we can't be saved by just reading a Sunday school book, but we got to know the author of the Sunday school book, and he's going to help us get saved. That's what the New Testament is helping us to know. So Mark 1, 1 through 8. Uh, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God, as it is written in the prophets, you know, the Old Testament. Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, John the baptizer, right? Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preach the baptism of repentance for uh, the remission of sin. You see that word for? It could be read as unto, which lets us know it's a process. So God has a process working out in our lives. I thank God that he's an individual teacher. His name in the Holy Ghost in the Greek is parakletos. He's one that walks alongside you. In other words, in our language, he's your life coach. And he'll teach you some things about yourself. There's some things some folk have to do. Maybe you have to do it in a different way, but God's going to show you those specifics for you. And we can't push our hardship on somebody else. Maybe their way is going to be harder. 
Maybe not as hard, but hard in some other way. But whatever it is, God knows each and every one of us. He knows everything about us even before we were a zygote. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. He'll talk to you in the womb. Yes, he will. He said so in Jeremiah. Hallelujah. Look at verse 5. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their what? Sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of a skin uh, about his loins. And he did eat locusts and wild honey and preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water. But he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I like when people used to say in the old church, you know, a fire baptized, they used to say, right? With a burning desire and the Holy Ghost. Save right where I stand. And uh, I saw some got off of that spot and wasn't living saved. So I said, there's something to that spot. Maybe you should stay on that spot. Amen. (laughs) That's another message. (laughs) But here we are in our continued process of being revived in this season of our development as a church. We must intensify our resistance to the devil and optimize our success in Jesus, the Lord, our Messiah, who encourages us today to be reminded of his coming to destroy the works of the devil and wants all of us to grow by his spirit as we all prepare the way of the Lord. I want to talk to you about that today. Look at somebody and say, prepare the way of the Lord. Thank God. Now, in this fourth part of our Living Truth series, we are continuing our curricular journey. Amen. You got to learn how to hear the Holy Ghost. It's a still, small voice. You got to have quietness in your spirit to hear that. God will show you how to quiet that down. Amen. Amen. That's part of the preparation. So that's why it's a living truth. The Holy Ghost is there. He's alive. He's showing you things. Amen. Thank God. And, and, and he's going to help us review how the Old Testament comes to an end with three building projects, body, soul, and spirit. Three projects of building. The rebuilding of the temple, that's the body. So in, in representation, the body can be seen as when they were rebuilding the temple under the leadership of Zerubbabel, the governor. And he was uh, there when the quote came out. It's not by might. It's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. God rebuilt Jerusalem by his spirit. He had to get into the heart and mind of the king and help the king now to see the people of God in need of favor. And for them to have a way made by proclamation and they could be freed enough to go and rebuild the walls. Nehemiah was there to help oversee that. Amen. And then Ezra was there to help teach the folk who had not been taught all those years of the real teaching that they were missing. So we have body. We have the the soul. You know, our soul is in us. It's our intellect, how we think, our passions, our purpose of what, you know, what drives us, our emotions, all of that. 
Amen. All of that makes up your soul. So the soul is seen prophetically as uh, secondly, uh, this piece, the rebuilding of the wall around the city of Jerusalem under Nehemiah's leadership. So inside the casing, there are some inner workings. Oh, how David wrote that in the in the Psalms. Soul, why art thou disquieted within me? And another one, everything within me should what? Bless the Lord. Bless means serve the Lord. So all your inner workings should be governed by the Lord, should be honoring God. God created you. We ought to give him the honor. We ought to give him the respect. You know, this is how it should work. But we're not born knowing that. It seems unfair, right? Another thing in life is unfair. Girls grow up kind of fast, right? And you see, I don't know what's in the milk, what's in the food, but I got second graders in need of training, if you know what I mean. I'm like, what's going on? So it seems like the body is doing what it needs to do to get ready for what God said for Adam and Eve to do, be what? Fruitful and multiply. But even though the body is in a rush to get ready beforehand, it doesn't give us a right to uh, abuse and misuse and be monsters. My God, having our eyes set on them as prey, you know, no, no, no. We are to be protectors. Parents are protectors. Teachers are supposed to be what? Protectors. Amen. Preachers should be what? Protectors. But we see some going in the back room and counseling incorrectly. They get all in their flesh and not governed by the spirit. Their soul is not governed by the spirit. This is why we need the Holy Ghost. God has biology doing what it needs to do. We can't blame God. Well, God, why you need the body being such a rush and all of that? But but God said, yes, if you go by the spirit, you will be governed correctly and you will do what you're supposed to do. The steps of a righteous man are what? Ordered by the Lord, not by their groin, by the Lord, not by what culture is teaching in the movies, but by the Lord. And not all movies are bad, but some are. Amen. My family and I, I already seen it, but now my son didn't see it. So we're going to take him to learn how Wakanda is forever. But that's another message. But I'm just letting you know, not all movies are bad. Amen. I'm not, not, I'm not that kind of preacher. Say, you know, and, and you're going to uh, micromanage now. Follow people home. You're supposed to eat wheat bread. What are you doing eating the white bread? You're going to hell. What are you doing? You know, that's just crazy, you know. But some preachers go that far, not that far, but you know what I mean. They want to get all in your business. But that's the Holy Ghost job. He's going to what? Get all in your business. And he, sometimes he'll tell me some of your business, but not all. We prophesy in part. Just enough to let you know, you know, your girdle hanging, you know. You know what I mean? The Lord will get up in your business a little bit. And he's like, how he knew that? Well, the Holy Ghost know a little bird he told me called the dove. Thank God. We're talking about him right now. That's the third piece of preparing the way of the Lord. The most important thing we need to realize that the Holy Ghost came to do a job. And how many times do we call him it? We, we, we treat him like a thing. 
And he is a person, the third person in the Godhead. Most importantly, a people sick and tired of being sick and tired have now come to their spiritual senses here in the scripture, asking for the word of God, seeking to repent under Nehemiah and Ezra's ministry. And uh, they wanted to go after the word of God wholeheartedly. Thank God. Based on the meanings of the names, uh, respectively, uh, Ezra and Nehemiah, God's intentions are revealed, which lets us know that God seeks to, as Ezra's name means, help. And as Nehemiah's name means, comfort. So God is seeking to what? Help and comfort souls in right relationship with who? With him. Our soul gets all jacked up, tangled up, funky. And God needs to come in there and make corrections. He said, yes, there's a valley in there. I need to fill it. There's crookedness in there. I need to straighten that out. You got things that you're worshiping above me, high places. No, I need to tear them things down, right? Make the high places low. The crooked straight, and there's some roughness all up in you. I need to smooth that over. The Holy Ghost comes to do all of that. He wants us right before God. And you don't have to hurry up and get right before you come to God. You're supposed to come to God all jacked up. He's able to fix you up. Hey, hallelujah. That's why Jesus came, because he knows we're jacked up and in need of his services. He came for that reason. You don't got to get right before you go to God. Come as you are. But guess what? You're not going to stay as you are if God has something to do with it. If you give your all and all to him, he'll fix you up the way you ought to be. You got to let him do it, though. He's a gentleman. He's not going to just rush Rashad and knock down the doorpost and come on in. He's going to knock like a gentleman. Seek, knock, ask. He wants us to also what? Seek, knock, ask. And when you approach him that way in a diligent manner, that means you don't give up. When a friend tells you otherwise, no, you're going to keep on doing it. I don't care what culture says and try to, you know, punk you. No, you're still going to do it. And when you do that, you're diligently going after God. He's going to reward you with knowing him more intimately. That's the spirit part. He wants us to experience that. That's his intention. Uh, and that, that, that's how he wants us to realize from the scripture, prophetically showing us how he seeks to make us whole. And if you're going to be holy, you got to be made whole. He knows you went through some things. There are hurts. There are disappointments. There's all kind of things you went through. You know God knows about it, but he wants us to talk to him about it. That's how he is. He's relational. We got to talk to him. Lord, they hurt me. Oh, I want to pull her weave out, Lord. I want to smack his teeth out. Help me, Lord. Just tell him. You think God is shy about that? God done heard it all. He's omniscient. He's heard it all. Been everywhere. He's omnipresent. Thank God. And there's no weakness he can't break you out of because he's, amen, omnipotent, all-powerful. Hallelujah. God is all that. Give him a praise. Hallelujah. Thank you. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Nehemiah was led by God's spirit to lead the congregates in celebration after a time of discipleship, teaching in small groups 
and in corporate repentance. How the church is getting away from that. We want to meet and greet and just leave and not be taught. People are telling the preachers and the teachers, don't judge me. Now it's gotten worse. They're telling God, don't judge me. Really, he's the righteous judge. And when we leave here, absent from the body, we're going to be present before the Lord. Are you going to be ready to meet your maker? My God. Look in the Old Testament. The whole, the whole congregation moved with one accord to humble themselves, pray, seek God's face, and do what? Turn from their wicked ways. Hallelujah. It was unlike any revival in ancient and modern history put together. It serves as a picture of how the Spirit of God should be allowed to work in the lives of dedicated, humble, faithful, consecrated followers of Christ in today's world. The Spirit of God seeks to transform us into active duty for the Lord's will, that's why, as he teaches us to work out our soul's salvation by way of the spiritual gifts which he has so graciously given to each and every one. Jesus gives gifts severally as he will. Everyone has at least one spiritual gift. Amen. And I said spiritual gift. They're listed in the New Testament. It's not this physical stuff you're able to do. I'm able to jump 1,000 jump ropes without messing up. I'm not talking about them kind of things. Amen. <laughs> I'm able to do this, able to do that. No, no, no. We're talking about what the Holy Ghost has helped you to be able to do to help advance the kingdom of God. There's, 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 there's pastor and there's teaching. There's, there's administration. There are writers. There are singers. There's all kind of spiritual gifts. We do it from God's spirit. We could do it physically, yes, but God's spirit is ministering through us and helping compel others to come to the Lord. That's what they're there for. The Spirit of God seeks to transform us. He's working. That's a process he has to accomplish in us. We have to allow him to do it. The Bible uses farming language. Uh, you ever heard of a yoke? Yoke of oxen? Two oxen. They have, uh, they have the, the wood on his neck and the wood on the other one neck. And they're pulling the plow to get the ground ready back there so the seeds can go in. God is our yoke fellow. You know, when you have two horses there, it's as if almost like you got four, the way they work. It multiplies. My God, you would think it'd be one plus one equals two, but it'd be like one plus one equals almost ten. My God, you get them to work together. But guess what? Jesus does mostly all the work. We got to open the door and let him in. Can you do that? My God, can you say the three-letter word that's very important in the Bible? Yes, we have to. Those are the things he requires. And to listen to him and to not look left or right, to stay on the path that he has made for us. These are the things, some of the things we have to do. And uh, he's working the seed in the ground, and it's going to grow and sprout and bring forth fruit. That's us growing in God, bringing forth fruit. God wants us to have much fruit. And if you're going through all the uh, emotions of being in and around church, but not ever learning who God is, not saying yes to him ever, not letting him in your heart and letting him fix your life up the way he intended for it to be, you are missing the point. 
you are not enjoying the full gamut of what church is. Church is not an organization. It's supposed to be an organism. Yes, we have organizational things. And yes, I have a master's degree in organizational management. But we need the Holy Ghost. After I set up and get a building and get folks to work right without killing each other. After that, yes, we better make sure everybody has the Holy Ghost. Because without the Holy Ghost, the church is not going to work. It's going to become a miscarriage and become a social place. But this is none other than the house of God, the gate of heaven. Help me, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Every Christian should be moved by God's spirit to perform practical works through the Lord's power and guidance. He must heal. He must deliver. He must set free. He must settle us down. Amen. So we don't run around like a chicken with our head cut off. Amen. He wants to educate us. He wants to consecrate us, make us right. And we have righteous things going on in our mind and our soul and our body. Too much of the body today. They got songs about the body. I love your body. Amen. What about my soul? What about my mind? They know how to pan the camera right to people's groins and stuff. Never mind who they are, the face. <laughs> who are you? God wants to know you. And he wants each and every one of us to know each other that way. Amen. Thank God. The intimate kind of knowing, that's for marriage. Amen. And God ordained marriage. Not these Playboy magazines and Hugh Hefton, all of these folk, my God, who are doing it wrong. Because they take what God intended and, and, and do it outside of marriage. But when you do it inside of marriage the way you ought to be doing it, amen, there's nothing wrong. My God, but some folks take that too far. They'll be bringing all kind of demonic things up in the bedroom. God said it's supposed to be undefiled, not a defiled bed. Amen. That's another message. We'll have a workshop one day on that. Amen. (laughs) Thank God. But God wants us to know that he's coming into this earth all up in our life. He wants to establish us so that he can commission us, give us the jobs we're supposed to have to advance his kingdom. Too many people today have a testimony of self-centered ambition, souls that went without being sent. My God, we tend to appoint while disallowing the Lord's need to anoint. My God, more than ever, we need revival. Revival means something and someone has gone dormant and needs to be woke up. People have fallen and can't get up. <laughs> oh, but the Holy Ghost could get you up. I, uh, I, we had a preacher come when I was young in the Lord, getting the Holy Ghost brand new. And that's when I used to shout, wow, because I wanted to keep that thing. I learned how to stop kicking folk after a while. Open your eyes. You can shout and open your eyes. Oh, oh this is, oh, I can control myself. Better. All right. Thank you, Lord. But I was bucked before that. I wanted to keep that thing. I said, oh, this is new. I got to keep the Lord. Hey. And they had to put chairs and a human fence and everything. <laughs> this boy knew at it. He, he's new. Yeah, he knew. Yeah, he's. But that's all right. I, I found out how God <laughs> can, can really control you. Amen. <laughs> Self-control is meaning the Holy Ghost is coming in there doing what he came to do. Not you being in charge. But and then God showed me you can't be self-centered, son. It's about me. 
you know, a joy. The joy of the Lord is this. It's an acrostic. Jesus, others, and then why is last? Why is why last? Because that's you. You should come last. It's Jesus, other folk, and then you. Joy. Joy to the world. <laughs> that's the real joy. We need that more than ever. God has a holy prescription for the need of revival. It's a sevenfold thing. If you write them down quick, I won't stay too long on them. In the book of Malachi, we see how God is trying to show us, number one, to appreciate God's love. Appreciate. We don't really appreciate it the way we ought to. We need to reciprocate back to God what he has done so meticulously for us. Fearfully and wonderfully were we made. We need to go forward now and be, amen, so, so creative and showing how we love God. So appreciate God's love, compassion, faithfulness, and offer of forgiveness in spite of our repeated failings, which answers the question in Malachi, how has God loved us? Because folks were coming back, well, how has God loved us? So God told them that. Amen. Number two, we need to learn how to focus on the heart of God which values internal righteousness on the inside rather than a, a, just a routine, a performance of outer religious functions. God is not so much into that. That'll come after he works on the inside of you. The outside is going to do what it's supposed to do, which is why he works on your spirit and your mind. And it's going to help to tell your soul what to do. And then your soul will have been educated to tell the body what to do. But people got it backwards. They living by the body, hormones and stuff. And then the body is educating the soul what it needs to do to keep that body stuff going. Isn't that a shame? Blocking the need for the spirit. So folk got it backwards. They need Jesus. This earth needs revival. Here's the third thing in Malachi. We need to learn how to draw back to God. So to draw us back, God is trying to draw us back. We need to go approaching God. He's trying to draw us back to the heart of worship, not just an event like we're having today, but the process of worship throughout the week, every day, every second. Because you could be sitting in a house of God and folks shouting in the Holy Ghost and you sitting there undressing folk. Loose here. Some folk come with a demonic mind in the house, in the four walls. But there's a difference between the four walls of a religious place and the house of God. The house of God is, are the people who have been made over by the Holy Ghost. Thank God, are you a part of the house of God? They had a list of names in the Bible, the house of David. And you had to have a pedigree. Jesus couldn't come on, on the scene talking, oh, I'm the Lord of Lords. Oh, you the Lord, you King of Kings. What is your pedigree? Oh, you want to know my pedigree? They went from Adam all the way up. Can anybody top that? They was like, okay, he'll do. <laughs> you better believe he'll do. Amen. Here's another thing in Malachi. We got to learn how to honor the holiness and jealousy of God. One time Oprah said, that's a shame. Why, why do you serve a God who's jealous? What kind of God is that? Seriously? You got to look at the poetic vernacular in the Bible. God is not a two-timer. He don't go tipping out, amen, and uh, put the uh, wife and kids to bed and go out looking for dinner. No. He's a one wife having man. Thank God. <laughs> I thank God for that. So that's why the Bible uses that. We need to be monogamous like that. Monotheistic, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. 
one mind, not a double mind. Hey, hallelujah. Not shifty, hallelujah, looking one way and got your shades on. Your wife don't see you looking the other way. My God, you need to be looking one way, hallelujah, anyhow. That's why we have a jealous God, hallelujah. We got to refrain from marrying just any old body. We got to go by the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is going to lead you. He led me right to my boo. From Florida College, living down there, he moved my family back up here because we used to live up here in my childhood. Then, amen, the workings of the church and everything uh, came to be that I was able to see her. She was able to see me. And here we are together 31 years later. Isn't God good? I married a believer, a saved girl, one of God's daughters, precious gems. That's a whole nother message. Amen. I'll preach how God bless him with, with Lisa. That'll be my text. Hallelujah. And a song of Solomon. Hallelujah. Y'all, some of y'all scared of the song of Solomon. It sound like rated R. Well, well, so be it. It's the holy rated R. Amen. <laughs> Look what else Malachi has for us. Number five, we got to elevate our commitment to the sanctity of marriage. As a divinely blessed union of one man, don't be mad at me, and one woman for life. That's the word of God. I'm preaching from what? The word of God. This is not hate speech. It's the word of God, which answers the question that people were asking Malachi's day. Why, why have we been denied the favor of our God? He told them that. They had started messing up the sanctity of marriage. Here's number six from Malachi. Ah, to reinforce our confidence in the value of serving God and remaining faithful, which answers the following questions. How can we repent if we don't know where we have gone wrong? God rebukes the self-righteous spirit in folk for robbing him of his due tithes and offerings. And folks were asking, how have we spoken arrogantly against God? God rebukes the self-righteous people for denying the value of obeying and serving God. And here we are at number seven for Malachi, the last one. We need to realize that God intends for us to experience an increase. We have to increase our hope in the second coming of Christ as we wait for him with anticipation, ah, he's coming as what? Lord and Savior. As we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, what? On earth as it is in heaven. And even so, we see in Revelation, come, Lord Jesus. They put Lord in the front of Jesus for a reason. Amen. Because, you know, the righteous will be clearly distinguished from the wicked. God is going to separate the wheat, the weeds that look like wheat. Amen. <laughs> the, uh, the tares and the wheat are going together right now. But God's going to separate the, the wheat from the tares. The tares, that's that, that weed that looks like wheat. Looks like it's saved. Looks like it's, you know, religious enough to make it in. But God's going to come and there's going to be a demarcation. My God, separate uh, the sheep from the goats. The goats are hiding in there and the sheep are all the time praying, Lord, this is bad. This is bad. My God, my God. 
Today, we must begin to articulate the specifics of the implications inclusive of preparing the way of the Lord. The gospel according to Mark offers key insights about this. We need to realize and honor these two main expectations of how to be holy. Number one, we must completely submit to Jesus. We must commit, commit our, lives, com- our lives completely over to the one who submitted himself unto God. Jesus submitted himself wholeheartedly to God. He's showing us how to do it. Even while we were yet sinners, he died for us. It wasn't because we were his friend. Oh, I love you. You're my friend. I'll do anything for you. We were his enemy. And some of us still are. Some of us got titles in the church and still are his enemy. I think I met one yesterday. I was out there sweeping the porch, getting all the cigarette butts out of there. This is none other than the house of God, the gate of heaven, once again, consecrating the porch. I hope nobody put none out there since then as you guys came in today. (laughs) But I wanted to look clean. Amen. I wiped the windows and everything. They got beer bottles all on the thing. I had to get them all off and make it right. Thank God, that's what I do. I submitted myself to the calling, and I don't grumble about it. I just pray. I say, Lord, rebuke this spirit. This is a sloppy spirit. My God, convict their heart, Lord. I pray you save their whole household for littering on this land. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Anyhow, Jesus has submitted himself. He showed me. He said, no, don't, don't go to the complaint. You're almost there. You're on the edge. Come back. Come back, my child. I have, amen, carried the weight of the world on my shoulder. As a matter of fact, there's some proclivities in you that have yet to be conquered. So you need to stifle yourself. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyhow, preachers don't want to uh, uh, add their dirty draws. Oh, sorry, y'all, but... Um, that's the kind of prophet I am. They, they don't want to air it. But in the old days, we had to hang everything out there in the backyard on the line. Young people don't know what clothespins are that much. They know about dryers. Putting a little dryer cloth in there, a little cute stuff. My God. But in my generation, so I don't know about washboard. My mama would get me if she was sitting here. You don't know about washboard? Oh, yeah, that's true. Let me sit down and let mommy preach right now. Washing on the scrub board. <laughs> and then there's some, my mother's mother. Well, we were by the river hitting it on a rock. Y'all don't know nothing about that, amen? <laughs> but we've come a long way. But I thank God how, amen, that even though we've come this far by faith, we can't get all indignant in our own self and get these titles and think we're something. Oh, rise, here comes the great one. And they got the biggest, baddest seat from the 70s vernacular, the baddest seat. And and I said, I don't want that big old throne. Look at my chair. If I sit in it too hard, it'll break. Amen. (laughs) I don't want no king looking thing. Jesus is the king. I'm the under shepherd. I'm Jesus's worker. He's really the pastor. I allow him to be the pastor. So when he come through here and I say what he told me to say, don't be mad at me. I'm the messenger. But folks all the time want to hang the prophets, stone the prophet. I've been ostracized, y'all. They put tape on my mouth, y'all. Some shush me right from where you're sitting. 
I have heard people like, well, they don't need to say that. I said, well, the Holy Ghost made me say it. My God, my God, I have what submitted to Jesus. And Jesus showed me how to do it because he submitted to God the Father. Until we do that real good. See, in, in, in the first three verses of Mark 1, we see the public ministry of Jesus. That's the emphasis. Jesus is our what? Servant leader. Folks need to learn that phrase. Servant leader. And he's going to come to baptize us with the Holy Spirit. That's who does the baptizing in the Holy Ghost. We might do it in, with water because that's your testimony of how you came to the Lord. You want to show the whole world, I'm in there with Jesus. I've already accepted him in my life. And you don't get baptized to be saved. You're already saved. You come as a sign. But you better have another baptism in the Holy Ghost. Sometimes that happens before you hit the water. Sometimes the Holy Ghost goes about as a wind, as he will. And you can hear the sound thereof, but you don't know where there's coming or going. That's how folks are filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Anyhow, we must first seek the Lord Jesus. I said, Lord, he wants to, amen, yes, tell you what to do. He submits to God to save us, but we must submit and allow him to fulfill his mission as revealed by the prophets of old in Malachi 3 verses 1 through 4. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it says, look, I am sending my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. Have you allowed the Lord to do that? It says he's coming like a blazing fire that refines metal. My God, like a strong soap that bleaches clothes. He's going to come and restore and purify the folk of God. Look at that. He's coming to judge the house of God first. So he's going to make it right. He's working to make it right. Are we going to allow him to make us right? You ever heard people say, don't preach to the choir? Yeah, no, the, the, the choir need to be preached to. Because I don't know if you know it, some folk in the choir are not doing the right thing. They got all kind of stuff under them robes. You don't want to take that robe off, Lord. No, leave the robe, leave the, put the robe back on, sister. Put it back on, Lord Jesus. Yeah, sometimes the choir need to be preached to. I need to go in and knock on the door. Deacon board, yep, let me come in here, y'all. You need Jesus, <laughs> Lord Jesus. God's coming back for the church to be righteous, not just have titles. You can work and get a title all you want, but do you know the Lord? I want to know the Lord. I push back titles. Folks were trying to help me to marry their daughter so that I could become assistant pastor. I'll make you pastor, little, little deacon boy, little junior deacon. See that name on there? That says pastor, right? I can make you an elder right now. Thought I was liking their daughter. I was just saying good morning. I don't like your daughter, you know? Not because she crossed out, just because I don't have the chemistry there. You know, just. But they were trying to marry me up several times, trying to help me to get elevated before the time came. Uh, the people see stuff on you, but they want to mess it up. But I came to say I have submitted to Jesus. I meant it when I was a Baptist boy in Florida. I said I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. If mama don't go, I still will follow. No turning back. I meant it when I sung those songs. It's me standing in the need of prayer. Not my mother, not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. 
I meant it when I sung them songs. Wasn't just a beat. Look at God. See, he wants us to submit to Jesus. And here's the last punch we give the devil. Number one, I submitted to Jesus. Then we're going to come with the boom, uppercut. Number two, we must be willing to publicize our submission to Christ as Lord in our life to everybody. Ah, oh, we can't be shy about it. Oh, uh, you go to that church, don't you? No, never, never saw that place. No, it wasn't me. No, 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 it wasn't me. No, no, no. Denied him three times before the cock crew once. My God, we don't want to be like Peter before he got the Holy Ghost. He was a soulish realm punk. My God. But when he came out of that super telephone booth and got the Holy Ghost from the upper room, oh, he didn't care what you said. He told the world, hallelujah, for God I live. And Paul and the rest of them said, for God I live, for God I die. Hallelujah. And they preached the kingdom of God came down. Peter preached one time, 3,000 souls came to the Lord. What must we do to be saved after he ran it from the Old Testament all the way to then? Hallelujah. And the Holy Ghost fell on them and they were saved. You can't be ashamed. Some of us need to be ashamed. We're making a public spectacle of ourselves and not living according to the standards of God, but putting the label of Christ on our chest. Lucy, you may, may as well just rip that off because you are nothing but a fat-headed hypocrite. My God. And then the young people like me saying it because they're getting tired of these hypocrite adults. If I had enough young people in there with enough spunk, they would say, amen, preacher. Thank God. Young people are getting tired of us adults being hypocrites. Preach one thing and then you see we're making it rain on the other side of town. Loose out of here. Hey, hallelujah. You need to be saved. And don't bring that raining thing up in here. I see folks in some churches, they, the preacher preach real good. They come throwing dollars up there because they just got out of the club probably last night. And bringing that spirit. I said, no, get an envelope. We got offering envelopes. Write your name on it. We go by the government, what they said. Amen. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. Do it right. Honor the government. Hallelujah. And if they're preaching the wrong thing, we could go against the government. And sometimes they do. And they say, come in, preacher, in the courts. Do you solemnly swear? And I said, no, I, I, I make a sincere promise. I'm not going to swear. God said, don't swear before nothing. Hallelujah. Anyhow, you better know your vernacular. Represent him right. When you go out in this world, live right in the house of God and outside of the house of God. Live right in your home. Don't be a preacher preaching the kingdom down and then go home and punching your wife. Lose out of here. That's not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will make you love right. And women won't have to do like that BET lady said. Love would have brought your butt home last night. You won't have to say that kind of stuff. Because the man would have brought his, you know what, home at night. And take care of his wife and kids. Hey, and protect them. Maybe you don't have a wife like mine. Get the bug. It's over there in the corner. What bug? I don't see nothing. She called me. I was downstairs studying. Oh, I need you up here. Oh, my goodness. I said, what? There's a moth in the thing. Where? Oh, my God. I got him. All right. Whatever it takes. 
Your home may not be like mine, but you better be on your posts. Be there for your kids. Be there for your wife. Hallelujah. Seem like I be hard on the men. You know what? Half the time we do right, men, the women will follow suit. You got people in the board of directors at, at Hoochie Secret. It's men at that board telling the women how to strut their stuff all up there. No, that's too much clothes. You just need a string. Where that? Here you go. And it's men in the boardroom. And, and if we men get it right, I bet you society will be turned around with a revival. Yes. Hallelujah. We need to get it right. Yes. Get it right. Too many people are sensual, not having the spirit of God. They make sensuality their God because they block the Holy Ghost because they all up in the soul and the body. But we got to get it right. Our success in preparing the way of the Lord will involve submitting and committing. Somebody help me say that. Doing what? Submitting and committing to the what? To the teachings of Christ Jesus. He was born for a reason. He's not a little baby anymore. He's king of kings and lord of lords. He's alpha and omega, the beginning and the end, the lion of Judah. Hallelujah. We got to listen to what the Holy Ghost says. Jesus sent him for that reason. This will enable us to prepare our body as the temple of the Holy Ghost. Are there any high places that must be made low in your life? Are there any crooked places that must be made straight? Any rough places that need to be smoothed over? As we devote ourselves to loving Jesus back the way he deserves, oh, the power of his presence will make us to do the tasks that are needed, that heaven needs us to do, that are required of God's holiness. And we'll be lights in this world then because the world is dark with sin. We'll smell like heaven because we will have that emission of a holy prayer life ever going up to God. A sweet smell going up, perfumed by the holy prayers of the Holy Ghost coming out of our heart. My God, it's going up. And we need to resent this world. We need to be plugged in like these things. These little, what do you call these things here? These little plug-ins. See, this one not emitting much of nothing. I had to get real close because his oil has run dry. That's sad. Yeah, I, I kind of neglected him. I'm sorry. My God. But he needs a refilling of the Holy Ghost. Folks come in. Yes, they get a good fill. Then they go by that one filling. This going to last 364 days. No, honey, you need to come back again. God said, do not neglect the, what, assembling of ourselves together. Why? He's coming back. He's going to look for faith in the earth, and he has prescribed how that faith should work. He's going to pour out into, into the house of God. And we could get a, a corporate anointing that we can't get by ourselves. You're going to get some of God, yes, by yourself. But there's more to get. I told you when he's your yoke fellow, two, it multiplies. Now you're in the house of God, two or three, gathered in my name. Hallelujah. And we're going to carry out a corporate anointing poured on us. Hallelujah. That's a big anointing. We should be splashing spillage in the village everywhere. 
But some of us are like this plug-in, dry. We need the Holy Ghost. We need a new filling. Amen. We, we, we at the end now. We need to, I don't need to plug that back in because he dry. And he going to end up burning up. My God, he, he needs some oil to burn up. God said, keep your lamp trimmed and burning. Let the Holy Ghost do what he came to do. Trim off the stuff you don't need. And let the Holy Ghost come in and, and, and that wick will suck in the clean oil. It'll go up and burn easy. That's what God needs us to do. We need to devote ourselves to loving Jesus like that. Have holy faith in Jesus. Have eternal hope in Jesus. And have love in Jesus. Faith, hope, and love. These three. But the greatest is what? Love. When I get to heaven, yes, the rocket ship of faith in the Holy Ghost blasted me up here. And I could fly with the Lord. I hope I don't need you no more. He gone. Faith, yes, that's great. We do need it. You can't please God without it. Amen. But after I stepped in the threshold of glory, faith, I don't need that no more. But I'm still going to have love because Jesus said, I am love. I'm always going to have love. That's the greatest. Oh, so many think they're the goat. But Jesus is the greatest. He is love. Let's rest on our feet and give him a praise. He's the one that's going to shower down the Holy Ghost in your body, in your mind, in your soul to help you to get right, to help you to be right. You need to prepare the way of the Lord. Let him in your life. Hallelujah. Just say yes. Just say yes. That's it. It's not hard. Yes, Lord. He knows you got some stuff in there. Let him see it. Don't try to hide it in a little closet in your house. Lord, don't go in there. You don't want to go in there. No, let him see it. There's nothing he hasn't seen. You make your bed in hell, he said. I'm right there. I'll help you get out of there. I'm going to fix you up. I'm going to plant your feet on solid ground. I'm going to pick you up and turn you around. Yes, I am. Let him do it. Just say yes. All over this room. The Holy Ghost spoke to you in some kind of way throughout this message. He might have got you at hello and somewhere in between or somebody right on the end. But the Lord talked to you. Yes, he did. The Holy Ghost talked to you. He spoke in your heart. He made you get conviction. He didn't condemn you. He didn't call you all kind of dirty names. He just made you feel the need to do better. That's conviction. Oh, I got to do better. I want to do better by the Lord. If there's one little thing you could do, last week we said, the smallest obedience is a great work. Come on, somebody. Do the smallest little thing God tells you to do. It's a great work. Won't you raise your hand in submission to the Lord and say, yes, Lord. From the bottom of my heart. Oh, come on. This is a prayer song. My soul, my soul says yes. Yes, Lord. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website www.roagape.org We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you.